And welcome to another edition of Behind the Bench here on 101 ESPN. I'm John Kelly. Tonight's show brought to you, as always, by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. Well, the Blues are red hot again. They have now won six in a row, including last night's 3-2 overtime victory against the Islanders. The Blues sitting in first place in the West with a record of 38-17-10. Now five points ahead of Colorado and six points ahead of the Dallas Stars, a team the Blues will play tomorrow night here at Enterprise Center. And, Coach, this marks the third time this year your team has won at least six in a row. So it seems when you guys get dialed in, you really go for a run here. Yeah, we've been good that way. I think, uh, you know, we needed this for sure after that five-game losing streak, um, you know, um, to get back on it and and put string some wins in a row, not just go one win, two wins, and then a loss. Uh, it's important to go on these little runs and to separate yourself from you know the other teams. Coach, you mentioned the five game winless streak, and going back a bit further, your team had won only two games in twelve, and it almost seems like you flipped a switch and started winning again, although I know you played well in those losses against Nashville, but it really isn't that easy, is it? No, it's not. I mean, sometimes you're going to go through tough times, and to be honest, we didn't play that bad of hockey, but, you know, you just lose games, you find a way to lose a game, and you're just not as sharp, you know, in certain areas, but I thought our guys, you know, worked through it all, and you got to work through it. That's what you got to do. You got to stay with it and work through it, and they did, and as coaches, we got to stay on them. We got to keep teaching and try to get better. And, and show mistakes and, and, and teach. And we did that and we got through it. And now we're, you know, we're winning again. Coach, after that 2-1 to one loss in Nashville and then the next game, the Blues um, began their six-game winning streak and you switched the lines up for that first game of the winning streak against Arizona. You put O'Reilly with Shen and Schwartz and Robert Thomas between Sanford and David Perron. So uh, you and the coaches look pretty smart here. I don't know about that, but I think <laughs> thought that it was a little dry. They needed a change, you know, um, so we just made changes and, you know, it's been good. I mean, I think uh, sometimes when you get new line mates, uh, you have a little, uh, a new lease on, on the game and feel a little bit looser maybe. So that's worked so far, but we'll see how it goes. And if we have to switch it again, we will. Obviously, Coach, these guys are NHL players. They've been playing the game a long time, but I guess confidence is still a big factor in this game, isn't it? It is. I think, um, you know, confidence goes a long way when you feel confident you play looser and you play quicker for sure you're not as tight and you're not you know worried about losing you just think about playing the game um, and we're doing that right now we're just we're, 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 we're just playing the game and we're doing a good job like we're focusing on the process and not the outcome and we talk about the offense but I know that at the root of your success it seems it's the defense and your team had allowed three goals or more in 11 straight until that two to one loss in Nashville on the 16th but it looks Looks like you've gotten back to good defensive play starting with your checking game. Yeah, the checking game, and that's really what you know. We talk defense to offense all the time, and if you watch us closely, you'll see that when we're when our forwards are tracking back hard, and our D are tight, we force turnovers, and that's really where the offense comes from uh, because we catch a lot of teams, and uh, we we get we get odd man situations the other way, and we've been capitalized on on them. Coach, how hard is that to, to keep that 
checking game going. I mean, it's not fun. You know, as a player, it's all it's always fun going up on the ice on a three on two, but it's not so fun coming back when you're tired to try and catch the other team. How challenging is that to try and do that when you're not on your game and do it for 82 games? Well, it is hard to do for 82 games, and it's uh, like you said, it's a lot of hard work, and um, you just don't have the legs a lot of times to do it. But you know, we we really preach it and we show it and we we um, focus on it probably more than anything else. Um, but we do focus on offense too and, and situations. But you know, it's a mindset more than anything. Um, I think it's a culture here that we've brought in and that we've taught our players, and this is the way you need to play. Um, and they've accepted it. Craig Bruby, uh, obviously great news. The Blues have won six in a row, their third winning streak again of six or more. But maybe the best news was seeing Jay Bomeister come back to the rink last week and what an ovation last night here at Enterprise Center. It had to make everyone feel great. Yeah, for sure. He's been around uh, lately with us, which is great. We see him around the rink here. You know, obviously we're very excited and happy that he's back around us and uh, you know it's 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 a big uplift for us for sure um, he's healthy and he's doing well which is great and uh, you know seeing the, the him here at the game last night and the ovation and everything that uh, you know that goes a long way for everybody coach obviously uh, he can't play uh, anymore this year at least Doug Armstrong said he won't play so he'll be around will he help out the coaches and, and maybe the players with things he might see yeah we told him to be around and he can voice his opinion as much as he wants like he He's a smart guy and been around for a long time. So we like his opinion. And, um, you know, so, you know, I know for a fact he'll be talking to players and he'll be around them. Whether he comes in the coach's room or not, we'll have to see if he needs feels we need some straightening out. Then he should come in here and tell us. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Why not? All right, let's go back over the last week since our last show. Last Thursday, Coach, you beat Arizona one nothing. O'Reilly, the only goal in the third period. You outshot the Coyotes 46-14. to um, Bennington with the shutout, but Louis Domingue in goal for Arizona, an outstanding performance. And I know we've talked a lot about the opposing goalies really shutting the door on your hockey club. And, and it seems like it's happened a lot in the last month. But were you thinking in that game, here we go again? <laughs> well, a little bit, I'm sure, at times. You know, it's frustrating when you, you know, your team's playing so well and you're getting tons of opportunities and <laughs> you just can't find the back of the net. But, you know, I thought, you know, to be honest with her, the fr- I never saw the frustration really come out in our team in that game. I thought they were pretty focused and they kept going and they were talking positive on the bench. And we ended up getting a goal finally. And that's all we needed. Yeah, you just needed one. In that game, Arizona had played the night before. They were a tired club. They had some injuries like your team. So they really, you know, shut it down defensively and, and tried to win a game one nothing. Almost like what the Islanders did last night with the lead. When a team goes into a defensive shell, what do you guys try to do to counter and generate more goals and more offense? Well, when you play in a team like, say, the Islanders last night, and they go in that 1-3 one, one, uh, defensive, that's what we call it. Um, you can't try to pass through these situations and make plays through them because that's what they want. And then You turn the puck over and they counter and go the other way with some speed. So <clears throat> we just talk about, you know, being playing north and chip the puck in and go get it and work. And that's what we did. Like, I thought in the third period, we just were direct with, you know, the D just – 
up to the winger, in, dumped it in, and then we got on the forecheck. And that's what you got to do. You got to get the puck in behind them, and then you just got to go to work, and you got to outwork them. You got to go outwork them and get the puck back, and then hopefully, you know, work it around the offensive zone, and which we did, and we got a goal and tied the game up, and then we won in overtime. Does that come with also being a team that is, you know, mature and knows how to win games? Definitely, because if you don't have a mature team and you have a young team, you're probably not going to get that done. All right, after the game Thursday night, Coach, you go on the road for two, starting Friday in Dallas, a 5-1 victory. Steen, Perron, Cairo, Schwartz, and Preko with the goals. You held Dallas to 19 shots and two really good games in that building this year. Was that your best, perhaps, of the year? Close. I thought we were really tight and uh, had good energy in that game. We played really two good games there in Dallas uh, where we're on top of things and we're, we're playing hard and physical. I thought we were real physical in that game. Uh, some real good hits on Jamie Benn in the first period by a few guys. That goes a long way with our team. Jamie Benn, you know, he's a, he's a tough player and hard to handle, and you've got to be physical on him. In addition, Coach, in that game, no Petrangelo. He was sick, and, and Bozak didn't play. So I know that at times your team faces adversity, and you overcame that adversity for another win. Again, does that go back to last year when you just never know what can happen and you have to deal with the situation? Yeah, I think guys have learned <clears throat> um, over time. Uh, last year, what we had to go through, you fight and you battle and claw to get back into things. And um, you learn how to deal with situations and, and adversity. Like you said, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys that are sick. And there's going to, things aren't going to go right all the time. And you just got to stick with it and you got to grind through it. And our team's pretty good at that. You know, we come from behind and win. You know, we can win a lot of different ways now and can win without having our best game and just stay with it. Coach, I mentioned Jordan Cairo scored a goal, maybe the the most impressive goal of the night on a one-on-one. He, he beat the defenseman and made a great play. He also scored in the next game Sunday in Minnesota. Is he surprising you with his speed and skill, or have you known that it's been there for the last couple of years? Well, we know he's got speed and skill. What he... He's not surprising me, but what he's doing is he's he's competing, and that's a whole thing, and he's working. And it's not consistent enough yet, but <clears throat> there's a, some real good spurts of it. And, you know, he's got the talent to score and make plays and do all kinds of good things. But uh, once, you know, he gets that consistency down, it's, it's every shift, he's going to be a real good player. All right, Craig Berube, after the game in Dallas, the Blues on to Minnesota, you win 4-1. to one. And I know after the game, you mentioned it wasn't perhaps your best game of the season, but I, I, mess, I assume it's comforting to know that you can win a game when you're not on your A game. Well, they came out hard. I thought Minnesota, they really took it to us early on in that game, but we capitalized on a couple chances, which really changed the game. You know, I thought Bennington was excellent in that, uh, made some great saves um, in that game, especially in the first period. Um, and, you know, when your goalie makes big saves like that at, at the right time and then you get a couple goals, that changes the whole mindset of the, of the other team in the game. Yeah, was the key goal perhaps the Sunquist goal to make it 3-1? Because they had scored and they seemed to be coming on a bit. Yeah, they got that goal. And then uh, when Sonny got his goal, again, that kind of, you know, set them back a little bit and probably frustrated them. They, they were playing a good game and just they couldn't get enough goals. All right, you win the game 4-1 to one, and then back home on two. Tuesday against Chicago, a 6-5 to five victory, um, a wild game. In a way, Coach, did you get trapped into the wide-open style that maybe Chicago wants to play? 
A little bit. I think that um, we played those guys three times this year, and um, two of them games have been like that for me. A little bit too back and forth, but a uh, little track meet style games. Um, you know, <laughs> it it's it's tough i mean they it, they bring out they i think we bring out the best in them um i'm not sure they bring out the best in us i think that i'd like to see us play a little bit you know more not conservative but just tighter defensively and not worry about scoring so much but again we kind of get caught in that back and forth uh, hockey with them and uh, they're good at it <laughs> yeah they're really good at it and, and you fell behind a couple of times what was the message uh, on the bench and perhaps after the second period to to keep your club in the game well stay out of the penalty box the penalties were too many penalties and 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 not good penalties like there's no reason to take them so um that was one of them in one area to stay out of the box and and just to keep going like 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 getting pucks in deep on that team uh, making them go back 200 feet and getting on their defense their defense you know they couldn't handle us down low uh, I thought that uh, we did a great job of cycling the puck controlling the puck down there and that was the message just keep doing that and, and make sure we have some patience in the offensive zone because we got a little impatient after the first 10 minutes in that game I thought we were really good and we got a little impatient uh, and then started making plays that weren't there and and they're going the other way, and it's just it gets back and forth too much. Obviously, Zach Sanford had a great game, nine shots, a career high, had the game winner, a power play goal, um, seven goals in his last eight games after that game against Chicago. Um, talk about him and, and his development this year. It seems like every month he, he's getting better and more confident. Uh, can you pinpoint one area or one reason why? Well, he's competing at a very high level, and I think that's the biggest thing. I really do. Um, you know, he kind of started up and down this year, and we talked to him about his compete and being more aggressive and his skating, getting his feet going and, and just being more of a power forward. And I find that he is now. I find he's more straight lines. Uh, pucks going in deep and he's forechecking hard and he's physical and he's heavy on his stick and once he gets control of the puck then good things happen That that's his game he's got great hands and he's very good and tight and he's got a sneaky good shot so he's doing the right things to get to to get there and that's what the key is he's more consistent in those areas all right coach after the game against chicago last night again the blues winning overtime 3-2 pareko with the game winner on the wraparound yet your club fell behind two nothing islander is obviously a hungry team they're a wild card club in the east so they're desperate did they surprise you at all with their energy early on well we've told like you know we talked about that before the game that we're gonna we're playing a desperate team tonight and we better be ready to go because they're going to come out and be ready, which that happened again, and uh, we knew that was going to happen. But we kind of we weren't sharp early, and we weren't you know you know we take a penalty throwing the puck over the glass and just not sharp uh, with our passing and stuff like that. But you know we woke up, we got a quick, we got a good, we got a goal late in that period, which was uh, a big a big goal, gave us a little bit of confidence going into the second period, and then I thought that we did a real good job, you know, for two two 
two periods in the overtime of just shutting them down, not giving them anything. And it was not much of a game, to be honest with you. Like, they do the same thing. They're trying to win 2-1. So there wasn't a lot of offense either way. But we stuck with it and finally got a goal and tied it up. And then, you know, Perinko uh, got the goal in overtime. Coach, you mentioned uh, yesterday morning that Blay was a game-time decision. He obviously didn't go. So, uh, number one, how is he? And you elected to go with... 7D and 11 forwards. Uh, your thoughts on why you did that? Blay was healthy. I just decided to sit him out. I wanted Bortz in there. Uh, just he. I don't. I didn't want him sitting out too long. You know, uh, he's an important part of our team. So I knew he played a little forward before in his career and. Um, penalty kill and things like that there just wasn't a lot of kills in the game um, so he didn't get a lot of action there and I just used them up front a little bit that's all and you know at the same time I get to I get to use other forwards a little bit more too Speaking of forwards, Tarasenko continues to skate, looking pretty good. How encouraged are you with his progress? And I know it's still a few weeks away. Yeah, he's doing well. I mean, I think he's, you know, trying to get him, you know, in, into hockey shape. Uh, he's skating lots, doing extra skating. His shoulders feeling better and better. So everything's on the right track. I don't see any setbacks with him. And hopefully uh, this week coming up, he could start doing some more phys- uh, some physical battling out there, which would be good. All right. Finally, Coach, uh, Dallas in town tomorrow night. Again, you're six points ahead of the Stars. They lost in Boston last night. We talked earlier in the show about your convincing win last week in Dallas. I would think that they're going to come out as an angry hockey club tomorrow night looking for two points because they're desperate. They know if they fall eight points behind the Blues, it's going to be tough to catch St. Louis. Well, definitely. They'll they'll play really hard tomorrow night, um, which they normally do, especially here. I think they, they play us harder here in our rink than they do at home. So uh, we're going to get a tough game out of them. We've got to be prepared. We've got to really be ready to go here because, like I said, they're a desperate team. Uh, but we can we can come out. If we match their urgency, we're going to be okay. All right. Good luck tomorrow night, Coach. Thank you very much, J.K. All right. That's the head coach, Craig Ruby, coming up next on Behind the Bench. We will talk to Islander legend Butch Goring, who, by the way, will have his number 91 retired tomorrow night on Long Island. That's coming up next on 101 ESPN. And John Kelly back on Behind the Bench. Our guest is longtime New York Islander broadcaster and former player with the Islanders, Butch Goring, of course, in town with the Islanders on Thursday night. And uh, first of all, Butch, your club with a big ad at the deadline, getting Peugeot from Ottawa. I know a loss in the first game, but obviously when you get a player of that stature, it must uh, give the club a, a, a boost. And I would think on the ice it's going to help your team. I, I agree with you. Certainly, it's uh, you know anytime you can add a player, it, it's it's a commitment from the organization, and the players look at it that way. They go, okay, they you know uh, they're trying hard, and and uh, adding Pajot is uh, is really a tremendous fit for the Islanders. Uh, the Islanders have been really looking for a third line center who can play all the facets of the game, and and Pajot does all of that. He's a penalty killer. He plays with a lot of intensity, a lot of energy. He's got offensive talent. He's a, a guy that wins faceoffs. So Islanders have been looking for that exact player so I, I think it's the best player they could have um, traded for and made a move for in, in, in all the trades because I mean he just fits the bill so well for for the Islanders so yes he's going to have an impact and it's going to be very positive. Which obviously last year the Islanders making the playoffs going to the second round this year you look at the powerhouse teams in the east the Capitals the Penguins the Bruins Tampa Bay a lot of people overlook the Islanders um, 
is that unfair in a way? And what will it take for this team to go deep in the spring? I, I don't know if it's unfair because, John, you mentioned it. There is so much talent out there. There is so much parity. I mean, and, and, you know, we don't even talk about how well the Rangers have played and, and the Philadelphia Flyers and the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, it's just you lose three or four in a row and you can go from being second in your division to eighth or ninth I mean it's just crazy out there but uh, you know the Islanders have their their own particular style and and it's a playoff style I mean they they don't give up a lot of goals they they play a great team defense and 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 they don't mind beating you 2-1 they're comfortable in their skin and that's what we know is playoff hockey is all about so um, and if you ask the players they don't mind being the underdogs they they, they like that in fact uh, they, they, but they just go about their business and uh, they had tremendous success last year and and uh, in beating the Pittsburgh team they swept him and that was a, a shocker I think for for Pittsburgh uh, I'll give an excuse for the Carolina Hurricanes a 10 days off really hurt their momentum killed them uh, but uh, these guys are um, anxious to get another shot at it but uh, and they're very real how has Barry Trotz been able to turn this team from a team that two years ago was the worst team defensively to last year the best, and obviously it continues this year with a good defensive structure? Well, you just said it all. I, I think that uh, you know Barry Trotz went in there with a Stanley Cup in his back pocket and said, hey, boys, this is what we have to do if we, we want to be real. And uh, these guys bought into it right away, and uh, they, they've been building on their game uh, Day, day after day. So we all know that uh, you know offense will win games, but defense wins championships. And the only way you're going to survive in this in this business is you got to take care of your own end. And St. Louis is a pretty good example of how they won the Stanley Cup. They they played that real strong defensive game. So uh, Barry Trotz was uh, able to convince everybody that 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 that's the way to go. And and it was the perfect scenario for for them. I mean, because you're right. I mean, it's embarrassing for a hockey team to give up as many goals as they did the year before. So I think everybody understood that they were all embarrassed with uh, that outcome so uh, they were ready for a change talking to Butch Gorn longtime Islander now a broadcaster for the Islanders and tomorrow Saturday your number 91 will be retired at the Coliseum I believe the seventh number retired by the Islanders uh, congratulations what does it feel like to have that number raised to the rafters with all those greats <laughs> yeah well it feels great I can tell you that I, I I'm really excited for for the, for the event I've been waiting for two months the days seem to be dragging on and and uh, it's it's just really beyond words uh, because it's, I never expected it and and uh, it's just su such a terrific honor so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm when my family and I were able to en enjoy that moment I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a memory that uh, we'll never forget obviously Butch uh, you were involved in arguably the the biggest trade deadline deal of all time going from LA on March 10th 1980 to the Islanders for Billy Harris and defenseman Dave Lewis and your club went on to win four consecutive Stanley Cups. When you were traded that day, were you thinking that you're going to a team that could win four in a row? Well, no, I was really angry, <laughs> honestly, because I, I loved L.A. and I had just signed a long-term deal. I was in the second year of a six-year deal, so I was content to enjoy L.A. with lots of friends, lots of family, so I, I was angry. I was in shock because my name, like today, wasn't brought up as a possible trade item, and, and uh, so it was not a great moment for me. But, um, you know, when I was able to think about it the next day, I was thinking to myself, ooh, I've, I've got a chance here now to, to be involved in a Stanley Cup run. These guys are a tremendous hockey team. Uh, they were could have won a Stanley Cup in 78, could have won one in 79. They were the 
best record in 1979 in the entire league. So I knew right away that, oh, this 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 could be a really positive move for me. I mean, these, these guys might just drag me along for a Stanley Cup or two, and uh, we know history. Your coach, of course, the legendary, the late Al Arbor, the Blues' first captain, of course, a former coach with the St. Louis Blues. What made Al such a special and great coach? Well, first off, he, uh, you know, he was a great X and O guy. I mean, he he understood the game and he had a specific way he wanted to play. And you know, we've talked about defensive hockey, and that was always Al on Al's mind. Uh, make sure you take care of your own end. But but uh, he, he was very unique and. and he knew how to handle players. I mean, and that was one of the most important elements to uh, to his coaching repertoire was how to get everybody to play as a team, how to get everybody to play as a, as an own individual. And, and and he figured out before long everybody's button to push, and and he would push him whenever he needed to. And sometimes it wasn't nice, but he knew it was going to be effective. And so with him, with that kind of leadership, and and you know when you watch Al behind the be- the bench, never lost his cool, always totally focused. And so that rubs off on everybody. So um, this is a guy that just uh, instills such confidence uh, in in us. And I know in that first run for the first Stanley Cup, uh, he kept saying it's our time, it's our time, and and he made believers of everybody. But you watch. Watching all those playoff runs, what really impressed me about your team was it seemed like you could win anyway, whether it was a tight-checking game, high-scoring game, physical game. You know, you guys had the toughness with a guy like uh, Clark Gillies. Did you guys feel in your room that you could win anyway? There, with no doubt about it, I think as we went through those first play, those first cup, you know, the, the different series as we played in in L.A. was, you know, more more our, more the talent of the team that was going to win over the Kings, who had finished, you know, 12th overall. The Boston Bruins, it was the physical play at the end of the day that really determined the outcome of that game. Then you had the really the speedy Buffalo Sabers, and we could match them in that area. And then you look at the Philadelphia Flyers, who had a combination of both. They had toughness and they had talent, and and yet we were able to win. Uh, all of those series so uh, everybody was very comfortable in whatever way we needed to play everybody was ready to do their part and uh, obviously it was pretty successful and finally Butch Gorin I don't need to tell you but your team after winning four in a row lost in the final to Gretzky and the Oilers in 84 their first cup but your team won 19 consecutive playoff series do you think that record will ever be even approached Well, they said no one ever catch Wayne Gretzky as far as goals are scored, and someone seems to be hot on his tail. So, uh, you know what? Uh, whether it's ever approached or whether anybody ever breaks it, it for us, we, we we take more pride in that than than anything else because that just means you got to get to the finals, you know, five years in a row, and and you have to be so consistent, you have to stay somewhat healthy, and you have to have some luck. And and uh, so for our, the group of guys that were able to be involved in all of that, I mean, I, we just like I said. We're just so proud of that and played so hard together as a team and achieved, you know, the four straight Stanley Cups. But um, it's just something we keep thinking about all the time is to say, wasn't that a great run? It was a great run indeed. Hey, Butch, thank you for this. Enjoy your day Saturday as your number goes to the Raptors with all those greats. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. That's Butch Gorin, longtime Islander and now a broadcaster for the New York Islanders. We'll have much more coming up next on Behind the Bench. 
And John Kelly back here on Behind the Bench. Again, tonight's show brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's, or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. In this segment, we get the chance to visit with the Hall of Famer Larry Robinson, who is a consultant, of course, with the St. Louis Blues. And Larry, I know you live in Florida and make it up here three or four times a year. And uh, how are you enjoying life in Florida? this winter well it's been no it's been actually pretty good uh the weather all over the place it's been a little dry and um but the the days the days have been beautiful the nights have been cool and uh trying to keep myself busy and watching a lot of hockey games and watching this team play every night and uh it's it's been fine it's been exciting so what are your thoughts on this team and obviously you won you know nine cups uh, before coming to St. Louis, many as a player, mm -hmm. um, and the challenges of defending the cup, and obviously the Blues are trying to defend the cup. How do you think they've done so far? I think they've done terrific. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I said uh, to the guys when I got here, I said, I knew that, that we were going to have, like, not necessarily a lull, but where, you know, it's a, it's a question where you're playing well, uh, but you don't have the same intensity maybe that you really need uh, to play on certain nights, and that happens because they, when you look at it, they've played a lot of games, and uh, the the schedule that we've had this year doesn't doesn't help the team a lot either because we've been playing. I mean, we had that all the All Star game, and then you leave right after the All Star game, and you have two back to backs in five or six days. It's it's just not sometimes it's just not fair. So, the fact that we've been able to get through this relatively unscathed and uh, and still have uh, kept our um, our position in in the division I think it says a lot as as to what this team has has done right now they're getting uh, they're getting solid goaltending from both Jake and and uh, Binner um, and then we've been able to bring some of the young kids in like Cairo and uh, Robbie Thomas is having a good year and I know uh, Sammy Sammy had a great great start until he got hurt and now he's just he's got to find his way back in but the young kids that we've brought in have have really filled the gap for uh, for Tarasenko when when we lost him at the start of the year so to be able to have the success that we've been having uh, with the injuries that we've we've also had, uh, it just says a lot to the depth that we have. So, Larry, we, we talked about you coming to St. Louis uh, periodically and watching games. Are you are you watching the Blues play, or at times are you watching the other team and and giving input in that area? No, I'm more watching our. I mean, we've got the the job that uh, Otter and and Rhino do, and and pro, and Davy Alexander, and of course Sean. The, the job that they do breaking down the the other teams is just fantastic they do a, they do a super job there so no i'm i'm just more looking at at uh, different guys and and our play in general and systems and that kind of stuff and just seeing um, you know, maybe where I can help a little bit, or uh, maybe an individual. The other the other day, I just saw something that that Schenner was doing uh, when the, the puck was coming across on his one timers, and um, and lo and behold, he gets two chances and bang, they're in the net. And all it was was just a little bit of. Uh, foot position and and uh, the way that he was bringing us he was bringing a stick from the outside inside and kind of cutting across on the puck and so I just look for little things like that where I can help or you know just talk just going around talking to guys and getting a feel for what they're thinking what their mindset is and uh, at times maybe just 
you know, making them feel a little more at ease as, a, as opposed to uh, if they're struggling with their game or what, whatever. Again, we're talking with Hall of Famer Larry Robinson, who's an advisor at Blues President and GM Doug Armstrong. And Larry, I mentioned you've won multiple cups. Of course, your best run as a player was those Canadian teams in the late 70s. Your team won four in a row. And I, I guess the question is, there's really no comparison to to trying to defend a cup in the salary cap era as to when you guys had those powerhouse teams or the Islanders had the powerhouse teams in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is, it's it's really not a fair comparison, is it? No, not at all. I mean, <clears throat> everybody says, oh, well, why don't you trade this guy or why don't you go get this guy? And um, really, sometimes what it comes down to is numbers. You know, you only have, uh, you know, so much room on your salary cap. So uh, if you bring um, X player in and he makes you over the salary cap, then you got to you got to take somebody away from it and and you certainly don't want to um, help yourself in one area and weaken yourself in another so um, it's just a, it's a it's a whole it's a whole new era right now and and uh, it's not just a question of trading one player for another player you got to you got to worry about how much the other player is making and length of contract and so on and so forth so so again, you've won all these cups as a player and a Hall of Famer, and you come to the Blues a couple of years ago, and you get another ring. How special <laughs> was it, um, and and how would you compare the run the Blues had last year to some of the other runs that your your clubs have had? Oh, uh, it doesn't take a backdoor to any of them. It was. For me, it was really, really special, uh, mainly because I had a chance to be behind the bench and I knew uh, firsthand how these how these guys could play and um, and being involved with this coaching staff and and the whole staff in general. I mean, this organization, uh, what it meant for the city, uh, being a first time ever and being a part of uh, basically history here in Missouri and um, watching these guys grow and watching these guys. Uh, enjoy things that I got to feel and and um, and be part of myself firsthand uh, it was it was truly 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 special and it was nice because my wife was here and my kids got to be part of it as, as well so um, it was a it was a fun ride and when you really think about well, you know where we started in January to where we ended up in in June um, I mean you couldn't you couldn't write about it. I mean, it, it truly was a, a fairy tale year. So it's something that I will cherish, uh, you know, throughout my my life and for the rest of my life. And and uh, to to be a have the opportunity to be part of it. It was it's something that I'll always remember. I've got to ask you about the the parade. I mean, to us it was the biggest and best parade ever. But you're an expert on parades. How did it compare? It it was it was probably the best parade that I was a part of in Montreal. I think we had we had more people, uh, and it was longer because we started at uh, I think at nine o'clock in the morning, and and we didn't get to city hall until like four thirty in the afternoon. So wow, <laughs> uh, it was a long day. But but to to talk to different people and just to see the look in their eye because you know in Montreal we were we were a little spoiled because uh, you know we had teams that had. had previously in the 60s had won five in a row so uh kind of when you started in montreal it was uh, your season wasn't a success unless you had a parade so um just to to see the people 
and to walk around and 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 I mean I, I all I, I was in the background I I had nothing to do with uh, being on the ice or anything else but um, people just thanking me for being here as if I had done something at a special or anything else uh, but people were so appreciative of what they were able to uh, accomplish the you know the guy people are coming up to you and saying oh, you know what I, I've been with the team since they started and I never thought that this could happen and so on and so forth and they were just the joy on their face and and through this whole parade I mean you had what close to half a million people probably and not one I'd never heard of one incident not you know usually you know when they have something like this there's alcohol involved and some stupid person will spoil it for everybody else, but nothing. The police said everybody was just, they were so happy and so appreciative for what had just went on that uh, everybody was, it was just like you had half a million family members out there. And so it was truly, truly, truly special. Yeah, truly indeed. Finally, Larry, you know, compared to when you first won your first cup and the players now, they get a full day with the cup, as you know, everybody in the organization does. They get the beautiful Stanley Cup ring. Um, Did did you get that kind of luxury back when you won your first cup in Montreal? No, we didn't. We uh, actually, the the sharing of the cup didn't start, I think, until 94. 94 95 or something like that so i had already won a few cups and we never i think we got we got rings we definitely got a ring because in 72 73 was my first ring so uh i think it was henry richard and ivan cormier that kind of started that because they used to i think they said they got watches or something and then uh, so they went to a jeweler and uh, got some rings and all, and all the all the guys had them made up for themselves and then when the the uh, team found out about it. I think they uh, they started it then, but no, back then you, know, you you won their cup, you got your parade, and and that was it. Yeah, things have changed, and I guess for the better. Larry, yeah, I know it is right. Yeah, it is a lot for the better. Larry, thank you very much for this. We enjoyed it very much, and uh, continue good luck with the Blues. Thank you very much, Mike. Yeah, that's the Hall of Famer, Larry Robinson, a Stanley Cup winner once again with the St. Louis Blues. Much more coming up next on 101 ESPN. And John Kelly back on 101 ESPN. Our final segment tonight is with Blues goaltender Jake Allen. And Jake, uh, obviously the Blues going through a bit of a lull, only a couple of wins in 12 games, but now your team has won six in a row. Another extended winning streak. I would think uh, the guys have to feel pretty good about the way you've played lately. Yeah, I think uh, I think we all knew that there was going to be a rough patch at some point this year. Um, it's just the nature of the game. Every team goes through it. You know, we've, and we played a lot of hockey, and I think, you know, we were just... We're struggling to find our game. We were getting a little loose loose within our systems. And, you know, we took a deep breath. We sat back and we regrouped. And we have a confident, uh, optimistic locker room in there. And, you know, we've piled some wins together. Obviously, goal as a goalie, you have a great perspective from, from where you stand when you're playing. And um, when, when you're not playing, you're on the bench. But it seems like it was almost like they swipped, flipped a switch and started playing better defensive hockey. Um, I know it doesn't happen that way, flipping mm-hmm. a switch. But it, it just seemed like a couple of weeks ago against Nashville, your club got dialed in defensively. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, I think we, you know, we realized during that little bit of a lull there that, you know, teams are creeping up on us and we just, 
we just weren't ourselves. And I think we all just sat back. We said, all right, boys, let's regroup. Let's regather ourselves. We know we're a good hockey team. And, you know, we just start, slowly got better and better and better. And, you know, that week was a really impressive defensive stretch, I thought, from uh, from everyone everyone's jobs. And, you know, we, we've been playing good hockey. And it's it's we're finding ways to win different games. You know, this last week we've, you know, had a wild 6-5 game, you know, come from behind win. It's, uh, it's good to see that we're not, uh, you know, we're finding ways to win games, different styles, different facets. But um, you never know what's going to come at you. you got to be ready for all the punches. And, you know, the guys are doing a good job right now. Jake, does that begin when, when your team is really dialed in? Does that begin with a certain player, or a certain line, the leadership group, the coaching staff, or, or perhaps all of the above? Yeah, it, obviously it's a mix of everything. But at the same time, I think it's our leaders coming in and, you know, f- showing examples of the right way to play you know when we're working hard in the ozone controlling the play uh cycling the puck uh just on top of people playing tight as a group it's uh when i am sitting there on the bench watching um you know that's those are the things that i know when we're on our game when we're we're a five-man unit close together we're supporting each other you know five ten foot passes all over the ice it's then i know we're on and you know i think we got back to those little things and when those little triggers happen i think they uh, they bring a lot of other aspects to your game up and um you know it's uh, it's been it's been good lately jake allen uh, a week ago uh, your club beat dallas in dallas and you beat ben bishop um the blues were really good that night and i know as a teammate a former teammate um w- with you in st louis he was with you for about a year and a half how, how fun is it to to play against big ben when when you do get a chance and we're not sure if it will materialize tomorrow night or not but how enjoyable is that for you yeah you know playing against uh playing against bish is all always been fun you know because I consider him one of the best goalies in the league and you know he always liked playing against the best and um, especially uh, when a guy is you know a top five goalie in the league and you know you know him personally and uh, as a teammate and you know we were at a golf event last summer together and you know it's just uh, it's that much more fun Uh, it's friendly competition but uh, you know the the stars are right on our heels here and they obviously have a great hockey team so uh, it's going to be a tough uh, tough test for us tomorrow and you know I'm sure Bish will be on his game. Bish and the Stars uh, almost uh, stole that game seven from you guys last year. I don't need to tell you that, though. Did yeah. you talk to him about that? Um, yeah, a little bit this summer. You know, at the golf event we were at, you know, we were together for five days and, um, you know, obviously he stood on his head that night, you know, coming back to his hometown against his, uh, you know, his original NHL draftee team and, you know, his hometown hero as, as the Blues were. And um, he played a hell of a series and he had a hell of a season. And, um, you know that game probably should have been out of hand a little bit uh, sooner if it wasn't for him but um you know, he did all he could. You know, he, he had much respect for us and what we did. And, you know, I remember in the handshake line, he said, go win a cup. Um, and, you know, in that series or in the summer when I talked to him, he was, yeah, I don't think he had anything to lose. You know, he was he was playing with everything uh, on the line and he laid it all out there for his team. And, you know, fortunate enough for, for us, we, we got that goal and went on to win. But, um, you know, he was a hell of a competitor in that game. Yeah, no question about it. Finally, Jake, what was the the celebration like for you and your family in Frederick to New Brunswick this past summer? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty neat. You know, um, 
uh, I was the first person to ever bring the cup back there. Um, Danny Grant won it back uh, back in the late 60s, but uh, at that point you weren't able to bring the cup anywhere. So for me, uh, you know, to be able to bring the cup home and just see the, you know, show it to everyone who's been in my life in some shape or form, uh, that was the more, uh, you know, anxious thing for me is just to, to see the joy on their faces. And it was a great day. You know, we had a big celebration downtown at our, our uh, you know, local local uh you know town hall area and you know had a big uh, party at my house as all the guys would say those those 10 12 hours that you get you know you wish you could have 100 of those hours but they go by quick and we tried to make the most of it and spend some time with my kids and my immediate family and then you know had uh, had a couple of had a couple of cocktails later at night and you know had some fun so it was it was a day i'll never forget well maybe you'll get some more hours uh, this upcoming summer that'd be nice yeah you know uh, it it'd be awesome that'd be uh, that'd be quite the celebration i think everyone would be experienced in that factor now so <laughs> they could throw a party uh, a party even better jake thank you for your time appreciate it thank you all right that's blues goaltender jake allen that's our show for tonight thanks to the coach craig Bruby and larry robinson and butch goring i'm john kelly have a great night everyone thanks jake no problem, awesome bud